It destroys relationships. It destroys marriages. It destroys ministries. It destroys churches. It destroys people. Unforgiveness destroys. Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller and glad that you've joined us today as you can tell we are beginning a message all about forgiveness. And Pastor, uh, man, you were making an emphatic point, unforgiveness destroys. How do you typically see that kind of play out in the life of a believer? How is that destroying? Uh, well, let me say this first, Steve, that uh, in my opinion, the two most prevalent sins in the church today is number one, gossip. Number two, unforgiveness. Hmm. Now, you'll have to agree with me, but I always tell you, when the rapture happens on the way up, the Lord's going to tell you I was right. Okay? <laughs> now, unforgiveness is kind of like uh, what I heard about bitterness. It's the same thing. Uh, bitterness is a pill that you take uh, that destroys you mm-hmm. and not somebody else. The The biggest problem with unforgiveness is what it does to me. Sure. It makes me a person who is bitter, a person who is not demonstrating agape love, unconditional love. And uh, it, it destroys us because uh, take marriage, for example. I've got a plethora of definitions for marriage. Here's one of them. Marriage is a union of two forgivers. Sure. So if you if you can't forgive one another, you're not going to stay married. Yeah, because there's going to be some things that you're going to have to forgive each other of in the church. I mean, come on. I mean, when you look at our relationships one with another, that's got to be central. Matter of fact, isn't that what Paul said? He said that we forgive each other, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. Mm -hmm. And so we are to forgive in the same level in which we've been forgiven. So if that's the case, man, look at all I've been forgiven of. Now, how can I, you know, the parable, how can I hold you accountable for something that you did to me when God does not hold me accountable for everything I did against him? Hmm. That's the argument. And do you think sometimes Christians may struggle with the whole idea of forgiving because we, at least in some circumstances, have attached reconciliation to that word forgiveness. There can be forgiveness without reconciliation, can't there? Well, now, now you know what? At one point, We're leaving Steve, the door of reconciliation I, I would, open. Yeah, I think the door would be open. I think it's a process, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it includes that. Uh, so I wouldn't have thought that when I preached this message, uh, mm. but now I've been kind of looking at it and seeing this whole area of forgiveness, reconciliation, relationship. And so, no, I know I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to forgive somebody and I'm not going to get back and start eating with them and all that, you know, but did I have real biblical reconciliation? I wish we had more time to get into that right now, but we don't. We need to open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 50 and begin the message, How to Get Forgiveness. Here is Pastor Ford. Uh, But I want you to turn to Genesis 50. We looked at this passage from the standpoint of Joseph. And uh, we spent about four or five weeks 
talking about how to give forgiveness. But we said that if you look at Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 through 22, Joseph did six things that if you are holding something against somebody, I don't care who it is, I don't care what they did, this is how you give somebody forgiveness. The first thing he did was he released them from their guilt. Now, you know, sometimes that'll be hard for some folk because they done messed over you and they don't feel guilty about it. But that's the first thing he did. He released them from their guilt. Now, let me tell you the second thing he did. He refused to get even. He's at a place now where he can get them because he is the big baller. Yeah. And so he's at a place where he can get them, but he refused to get even. Third thing he did in this passage is he reminded them of God's sovereignty in his life. You meant for evil. God weaved it for good and I'm working my weave. Fourth thing he did was he reaffirmed his care for them. All the words that he used are the most tender words that one can use for nurturing someone. And he does it. Now the parameters to it and should we decide to go back and, and share this again, we'll talk about it. But fifthly, he restored their relationship with him. I'm about to get in trouble now. I'm telling you what Joseph did. I'm telling you what is true biblical forgiveness. Yes, I know uh, that forgiveness is volitional and emotional and that it takes time to heal. Y'all may not go right out to dinner. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, he refused to dwell on past offenses. That's what Joseph did. But today I want to talk about how you get forgiveness. Because whether you need to get forgiveness or whether you need to give forgiveness, how many know you need forgiveness? And, and the problem with many of us is, is that we are unforgiven. Yeah, we're unforgiven. We're either unforgiven or unforgiving. And so I don't want to focus in because most of us done had somebody do us wrong. And we saying, oh, yeah. But how about the people you did wrong? Yeah, well, what about that? And let's, let's deal with how to get forgiveness. Amen. Father, we thank you and we praise you for your grace and goodness to us. Grant comprehension application for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. In Psalm 55, verses 12 through 14, David says something that arrests our attention. We've studied this passage before as well. He says in Psalm 55, and most scholars, if you'll read most commentaries, they'll say uh, this is a psalm that David wrote uh, when he was running from his son Absalom. And in the midst of it, he is just uh, brokenhearted about the fact that his son is chasing him. And he penned these words, verse 12 through 14 of Psalm 55. For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. 
Neither was it he that hateth me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, it was you, a man of my equal, my guide and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked into the house in company. And so most commentaries that you read, uh, they will say, well, this is him speaking of Absalom and the fact that he's really brokenhearted, that his son would. But I submit to you, I don't think that he's talking to Absalom in verses 12 through 14. I think he's talking to Ahithophel, uh, his counselor. Because when you look at it, here's what David says. We had some things together. There were at least five. He said we had parity. We were equal. Absalom was never David's equal. Uh, we, we had piloting together. We were guided in the same places. Uh, we had partnership and we had private counsel. And he says, and we praise God together. I think he's talking about Ahithophel. Because remember what happened when Absalom rebelled against David? Ahithophel, who had been his counselor, who had been the one who walked with David and, and connected him with the things of God, now he turned against him. You, you write it down, 2 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 12. And it says that Ahithophel went with Absalom, his son. So he switched in the middle of the stream, walking with David all of those years, now David's 50 years old and he turns against David. 2 Samuel chapter 16, verses 15 through 23 tell us that he gave Absalom some counsel. The Bible says, as it were the oracles of God. In other words, he gave Absalom counsel against his father on taking his concubines in the middle of all of Israel. And the Bible says that that was counsel that was so perfect for him getting allegiance from those who usually follow David, that it was as if God gave him that counsel. So it was good counsel. And so he says, take them all, put them in the middle of Israel and all Israel will know that you despise your father. And then Hushai comes to David and says, your friend Ahithophel betrayed you and went with Absalom, but I'm with you. And David said, okay, then go in and bring the knot, the counsel of Ahithophel. See what David was saying? Go in, and, and whenever he gives Absalom good counsel, say something opposite so he'd have to make a choice. Because I know my son, he's stuck on stupid. He won't be able to tell the difference. If there's two voices, he won't know which one to listen to. And sure enough, it happened. And you know the end of Ahithophel? How many know the end of Ahithophel? He committed suicide. And I want to tell you, he committed suicide because he didn't know how to get forgiveness and he didn't know how to give forgiveness. Really an important topic for us to uh, understand here on Treasure Truth, our message, How to Get Forgiveness, as we're looking today at Genesis chapter 50. Hope you'll stay tuned. We're going to continue this message in just a moment. If you ever miss part of a broadcast, come to our website. You can listen to each and every program by streaming it through your computer. You can download MP3s, or you can simply order copies of these broadcasts on CD. 
Again, come to treasuredtruthradio.org and you'll find all the links you need there, including a link that says books by Pastor Ford, and you can check out the different titles he's written. Just come to treasuredtruthradio.org. Back to the message. Here's Pastor Ford. You know, just write these down. 2 Samuel 11, 3. 2 Samuel 11, 3. 2 Samuel 23, 34. Let me tell you why Ahithophel turned against David. Because 2 Samuel uh, chapter 11 says uh, that David one day uh, was up on his roof and he got up at 6 p.m., went on his roof and he saw a woman taking a bath and uh, it was Bathsheba. Of course, now you know bath means daughter of. So she's the daughter of Sheba. Sheba is African. That means she was a sister, y'all. And so he says that this, this individual was the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Well, when you read 2 Samuel 23, 34 and following, here's what you find. Here's the story in a nutshell. David went in with Bathsheba, impregnated her, and then killed Uriah. When you read what scripture says, you find out who he was. He was one of David's mighty men, but so was the son of of Ahithophel. He was one of David's 30 mighty men. So here's the story. Bathsheba was the granddaughter of Ahithophel. Here's what's wrong. There's unforgiveness. Ahithophel was saying, wait a minute. I have counseled you for 30 years of ministry and this is what you give me? You take my granddaughter and impregnate her. Then you kill my grandson. My son is one of your mighty men, one of the 30 most powerful warriors that you have in Israel. And you do this to me? Now you know why he said, take your father's concubine and have them in front of all of Israel. Because if he took my daughter, then revenge says, do the same thing. Get even. And how many know that a bulldog can beat a skunk any old day, but it just ain't worth it? You get that on the way home. And so what happens? Uh, all because of unforgiveness. It destroys people. It destroys relationships. It destroys marriages. It destroys ministries. It destroys churches. It destroys people. Unforgiveness destroys. And so we're not talking about how to give it, but we're talking about how to get it. Uh, because these brothers show us the principles that are necessary if you need to get forgiveness. Uh, you need to approach the person. Uh, that you need to get. Now, in Genesis 50, this is the first time we have the word forgive. And it is the word NASA. Go ahead, say it. Okay, now that's not aeronautics. Uh, the New Testament word is apoluane. And, and remember, we studied that before. What does it mean? It literally means to let go permanently. So it goes back to the great day of atonement when the priests would take the blood and put it on the goat. Remember the scapegoat? 
and then he'd take that blood, put it on the goat. But the goat has to be taken away from Israel because it's a symbol of the national sins of Israel being taken away. And so what they would do is, if the goat would ever come back, it would say that their sins were coming back. So it not only needs to be loose, let go, but it needs to apa, luane, that is, nasa, make sure that the goat never comes back. So how would they do that? The priest would go out with the blood on the goat. He'd go to the biggest cliff he could find, and then bam! He'd walk back and, and say, Israel, I guarantee you that your sins will never come back on you. Why? Because they've been apoluane. They've been let go permanently. And so God says, and this is the first time. Now, you know the story already. You know the story. He sold at 17. He's 56 years old right now. That's 39 years later. And so what happens? They're wondering, is he going to get even? What's he going to do? And they begin to seek forgiveness. I'm going to walk through this text. I want you to notice, first of all, that in Genesis 50, 14 through 22, you've got to, first of all, acknowledge that you've wronged the person. Look at the text. And when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, Joseph will peradventure hate us and will certainly requite us all the evil which we did unto him. And they sent a messenger unto Joseph saying, thy father did command thee before he died saying, so shall thy son to Joseph forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spake unto him. I want you to notice something first of all, because you got to acknowledge that you wronged the person. Now, now get this, get this. Now they're admitting to Joseph that they wronged him. But, but this is not the first time that they admitted, but they never admitted it to Joseph. Now, now you write these down, write these down. Genesis chapter 42, verses 13 through 24. Now, what's the time frame there? From Genesis, the time they sold him and put him in the pit, uh, to Genesis 42, that's 17 years. It took them 17 years to admit to each other that they did him wrong. Now, 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 it took them 17 years to admit to each other. Now, get this. It takes them another what is that, 17, 17, 34, 59, what is that, five, another what? Where are my mathematicians? <laughs> another 22 years, thank you. Another 20, so it took them 39 years to say I'm sorry. What's that old saying that smells like smoke is from the pit of hell? Love is never having to say you're sorry. <laughs> and of course, there is a big difference. Sorry is emotional. Forgiveness is volitional, but I don't even want to get into that. So I want you to notice something. Notice the catalyst for the acknowledgement. Their daddy had to die before they would acknowledge that they sinned. Now, I know what you're saying. Their motives are all wrong. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And they don't always have to be right in order for us to do right. Because yes, you can do the right thing and have the wrong motivation. 
And so what happens? But they're doing it. They're acknowledging it. And it took God 39 years to get them to the place where they say, we need your forgiveness. And here's the thing that's amazing to me. Here's how strong guilt is on people who do people wrong. He had already forgiven them. He had already released them back in Genesis 45 when he revealed himself. He said, yeah, am I in the place of God? Know what he was saying? I am where I am because God placed me there. I know you thought you were dogging me out, hating me, kicking me to the curb, but you need to know God allowed this thing. And what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And so what, what's going on here? It was the catalyst. Say, say you know what? Listen, listen. Here's, here's, the, here's the positive point. Their daddy is dead. So now whatever buffer was between them that kept them from saying, I've done you wrong, is gone. Do you get that? You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, God, do a work at Christ Bible Church that there are those who have a buffer between them and the individuals that they've wronged. Some of them because they're the leader. Some of them because they have an ear or expertise or whatever but remove the buffer so they will recognize you just don't treat people any old way. No matter who you are, no matter what you know. What are some of the buffers? I just wrote some down. I don't know that I wronged the person. It wasn't offense to me. Why are they getting all twisted and bent out of shape? I'll never forget this. Sister came to me. She said, I forgive you. I said, what did I do? She said, I forgive you. It's under the blood. I said, but what did I do? She said, you don't know what you did, but you offended me and it's under the blood. I said, well, since I didn't know, you should have left it there. real practical look at Genesis 50 with Pastor Ford. It's entitled How to Get Forgiveness, and there's still a lot more to come. You're listening to Treasure Truth, and you can always check us out online at treasuretruthradio.org. So let me ask you a question. How comfortable are you answering questions about the Bible? You know, we're told in 1 Peter chapter 3 that we're to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that we have within us. So whether you're a new Christian or you've been studying God's Word for decades, there's always more to learn. Dr. Ron Rhodes is a seminary professor, he's a Bible teacher, and a noted apologist. And he's written a book that we'd like you to have. It's called The Big Book of Bible Answers. And this book is your guide to understanding many of the most challenging questions people have about God's Word. And it's yours for a gift of any amount. Just request a copy of The Big Book of Bible Answers when you call 888 888- 644-7660 or go online to treasuretruthradio.org You can also mail in your gift just write to Treasure Truth 820 North LaSalle Boulevard Chicago, Illinois 60610 Well the big book of Bible Answers is a book that you might read from start to finish or you can skip around and begin with topics that interest you the most Either way, it's a great reference guide that you'll turn to for years to come so contact us with your gift of any amount and request the Big Book of Bible Answers. Again, our number is 888-644-7660 or come to treasuretruthradio.org. 
I'm Steve Hiller. Our producer is Amy Rios, and there's more practical wisdom on forgiveness coming up tomorrow. So join Pastor Ford on Treasure Truth, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.